Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hey, White Sox fans. Brett Valentini here. Hey, can you believe it? It's been like two weeks since we had a Mothership Southside Sox podcast. This is number 52. We are anticipating the trade deadline and we're getting real close to it. Uh, the deadline itself is Friday, the 30th at 3 p.m. Central Time. The White Sox have yet to do anything. I think we're going to address that here in this podcast. Uh, but we're going to talk trade deadline uh, league-wide and, of course, specifically for your beloved Chicago White Sox. With me once again, it's sort of like I can't shake him. It's Darren Black, uh, usually our miners guy, but you know he's jack of all trades, so he's going to apply yeah. some miners knowledge. And every time I mention possible trades, he's, you're going to—if you're watching, you'll just see him shake his head. He's just going to shake his head. <laughs> he might say something, but shake his head. And Tyrone Palmer, thanks for coming back. Uh, we've had you on a few podcasts already. Jack of all trades, uh, team members still feeling his way into what he's doing for us writing wise, but certainly jumped on a bunch of podcasts and uh, we're going to hear some good stuff from you as well. Tyrone, welcome. It's good to be back and I'm, I'm hoping everything I say tonight will be like horribly out of date by the time this comes out, <laughs> you know? Yes, we will have, once the big trade happens, the big trade uh, we will have an emergency podcast. It could just be me talking to you and I'll just be crying tears of joy. If I can get anybody else on with me, maybe me at Darren, he's always on with me. So we'll just talk and we'll like high five each other or something like that. So we will definitely have emergency Southside Sox podcast material. If something happens, perhaps this is anticipating nothing really much will happen, but I guess let's go around first off and just is this trade deadline and some of the deals we're seeing uh, breaking today as we're uh, recording? We're, we're seeing Eduardo Escobar traded to Milwaukee. We're seeing a big package of prospects from the Yankees going to the Rangers for Joey Gallo. Uh, 
how has this trade deadline action measured up to expectations uh, in terms of activity and maybe uh, cost for premium talent? Uh, sure. So in terms of like big picture, major league picture, not just the White Sox, because I, I don't think really anything you can say positive right now for the White Sox with the trade deadline, obviously. But it seems like everything's kind of going a bit quicker. Um, the one interesting thing is, is that the top relievers really haven't gone yet. I don't know if that's just kind of the last domino that's going to fall. Um, but in terms of prospects on other teams, like this big Rangers trade, um, I thought J.J. Cooper say that uh, or just kind of remind everybody like these prospects lists are usually for the preseason um, and that's based off of a year of no baseball. So maybe they're just not really that updated and stuff like that because um, he was kind of indicating that some of the Yankees prospects would have been the top 10 at Baseball America um, or stuff like that. But it's just it's just kind of weird because no baseball for a while for a lot of these prospects and now they're all getting moved all over the place. Um, none of them to the White Sox or none of the big, big league guys, to the White Sox, uh, but just kind of, kind of eh so far. <laughs> yeah. I feel like I've been sort of underwhelmed of all of the like prospect returns and all of these trades, but I also think we're in kind of a weird period where with no baseball last year, at least no minor league baseball, so I feel like the like evaluations for all of these guys is all over the map, but I, I have been surprised at how how early a lot of the action has gotten started. You know, like I feel like a lot of the key, at least a lot of the key position players have already moved at this point, and so I feel like teams aren't really waiting around until Friday. Yeah, Jack Peterson got traded like six years ago. I mean, he's maybe the biggest <laughs> yeah. name is going to move. Uh, okay, let's talk. Uh, let's go around a little bit and talk about Eduardo Escobar. Uh, and I'm going to start big picture. And that is, uh, there was a time, even when I was covering the team, where the front office would get furious when uh, a, a, another team would like seemingly decide to shop around a deal that the White Sox thought they already had in place. The famous one that I recall that I was covering was Adam Dunn. Uh, Ken Williams had acquired uh, Edwin Jackson specifically to flip uh, to Washington for Adam Dunn. Uh, and suddenly Mike Rizzo uh, decided, well, I don't know, he, he, he wanted to renegotiate the deal when Ken Williams already had, and, and Ken Williams was furious. Uh, you've seen the White Sox have some deals sort of fall through uh, Jack Peterson, of course, is one. Eduardo Escobar, I think we can throw onto that pile now. Well, we definitely can throw that onto the pile now. And I'm thinking uh, the White Sox might want to stop leaking trades as some sort of weird pressure tactic. They, they need to stop talking to Bob Nightingale, et cetera. Uh, I know a lot of teams do it, but if they don't like how that used to work when teams continue to shop deals when they thought something was in play, including probably this Eduardo Escobar deal. I'm sure that when Ken Williams got off the phone or... <laughs> Or they all hung up on the conference call and Bob Nightingale immediately tweeted. I, I'm sure they did think they had a deal for Eduardo Escobar. You just might want to just a pregnant pause because that's just as irritating to other teams as continuing to shop a deal around. Okay, that said, uh, first of all, welcome in Tommy Barbie to the uh, the proceedings. Uh, we are now a quartet talking trade deadline, but uh, specific to Eduardo, uh, he's gone to the Milwaukee Brewers for a couple process. I'm guessing the White Sox thought they had a deal of player to be named later, uh, depending on whether they won the World Series, get a pretty good player. If Eduardo Escobar broke himself and never played, 
eh, you know, nothing. We paid a salary. Be happy with that. Uh, and I'm guessing a team like the Brewers, some of the teams said, well, that's it. We'll give you like a player or two. And, you know, uh, the White Sox dropped the monocle over that. Like, well, hold on. We thought we had him for free. We thought we got to shoplift him. Uh, but anyway, I, I guess reactions, given that this was a guy that we thought, the White Sox fans thought pretty much was in the fold. This would be an easy one. Uh, and this didn't even come through for the uh, for the White Sox. Uh, thoughts about Eduardo Escobar not coming back and wearing a White Sox uniform? I mean, I I thought he was the safe option this entire time that they would because they've been tied to Trevor Story too, which I thought was never going to happen. Um, now I really hope it happens. Um, and then once that kind of walked through, they would go to Eduardo Escobar and send over whomever. Um, it sounded like they wanted Zach Collins a while ago. Um, and obviously with Yasmani going down, you can't send over one of your two catchers that can actually kind of catch. I know Collins maybe can't actually catch, but he's, they don't have really have many that many options at that position. So they got to have somebody. Um, but I, I'm honestly really surprised that he's not going to the White Sox. And I don't know much about these Brewers prospects they sent, but uh, they got a guy that does play catcher. And they got a young DFL guy, both having good seasons, uh, but not really known prospects, at least in my book. Yeah, let me just jump in here before you guys throw in uh, apologies. That's right. I forgot that Arizona wanted Zach Collins. And that suddenly was something that uh, I'm guessing, again, the deal was probably something even less than that. And maybe you throw out the Zach Collins so the White Sox can pout and say, well, why are they holding up? There's no way we're going to trade you Zach Collins for Eduardo Escobar. There's a lot of weird subterfuge going on. And again, White Sox end up with uh, nothing. Uh, Tyrone, Tommy, thoughts on Eduardo, not coming home, bringing his very uh, uh, specifically intense fashion sense back to the White Sox clubhouse. I don't know. I, I felt like he was kind of the, like, boring, safe option that, like, I just assumed was going to happen. <laughs> you know, I think originally, I think everyone was excited about Adam Frazier potentially coming over. And it was like, well, no, but may, maybe, you know, Eduardo Escobar could help. He's better than Larry Garcia. So it was kind of. And so I think I just kind of assumed that at some point that was going to happen. And so now there's, I mean, maybe Trevor story, but that I, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I, from my perspective, all of these trades just seem too good to be true. Like, you know, usually the white Sox work in the dark. You don't usually (laughs) hear about, every single person that they're interested in trading for until the deal is pretty much already done, or there's some sort of medical reason why the trade won't go through. Like this has been the first trade deadline where I can remember the White Sox being in virtually every single trade name that was out there, which to me just indicates that they have no real interest in making a deal. They just want to look busy. And I don't, you know, I, I hate to say that because I just sound <laughs> cynical as hell, but it, it, that's why I've been so frustrated through this whole process because the, you know, they're names that the Sox have no business being affiliated with under any normal circumstances that are net, like Trevor Story is not a name that even makes sense. Like there's nothing in the White Sox depth chart on the minors or even on the majors that I think would be appealing enough for the Rockies that they wouldn't get from another team. But here we are holding out hope that some way, somehow 
Trevor's story is coming to the south side, and I just I don't see anything happening. Oh, Tommy, you are going to be eat your words when Max Scherzer is pitching game one of the playoffs for the White Sox. Uh, okay, wait, I got to ask you, Tommy. Uh, I, Max Scherzer has to quarantine because of COVID. So yeah, we'll okay. be here a little bit. Yeah, later. right. It'll be, well, he'll be rested. He'll be rested. He'll be rested. Okay, Tommy, I got to ask. I got to interject. Every one of these trades when they come through, are you? Is there a part of you going, Mike are still in Charlotte? <laughs> Absolutely. Although, you know, the... I, I have to say, if, if Miker ended up in Colorado, that would be the coolest thing ever. Like, <laughs> just just the, the sheer audacity of him playing in Denver would be pretty amazing. But, yeah, I, I don't think, as much as I enjoy watching his home runs, I don't think other teams are so enthralled with him that they will part with their veterans for a guy like Adolfo. Colorado could be an exception because he'll hit 50 homers in September. So true. Uh, Very you know. true. Um, uh, okay. Uh, I, I think we've all sort of hinted at this and I'm laughing and I, I enjoy tearing up during a podcast from laughter. Uh, again, we've said this on many different podcasts, probably going back to like January, but really as fans, as much as we don't want to, we really have to temper our expectations for what the White Sox can do. Cause they really, they, there's not much they can do. And it's not the let Rick Khan off the hook. They're, they need to add something. And there's no like a uh, waiver wire trade thing happening more. This is it. You know, this, you got to get your guys and then you can add what, like three in September. You can't even add 60 guys like they used to be able to do in September. So this is it uh, as much as you're adding Luis Robert soon. Uh, but the truth is the White Sox do not have a lot of capital with which to work in, whether that's an organizational failure, whether it's because every graphic they've ever had is now currently, even going back to 1965, currently playing on the major league roster right now, which is great. Kudos to the Sox, but you can do both. This whole idea of the contention window is a bit of a <laughs> sham because it's like, well, wait, there are teams that don't have a window. They just busted open the whole wall. They broke down the fourth wall and they're just in it every year. And we're supposed to be like, Oh my God, the 2020s are our time. Uh, but again, I'm not just asking for a bunch of harumps here, but I mean, we do have to sort of temper the enthusiasm a bit because the White Sox were never getting Joey Gallo. They're not getting Max Scherzer. They're not unlikely to get Trevor Story. I like Darren's hope. So maybe you can explain that, but uh, I mean, they're going to get a, a piece that can maybe fit. Um, and we will talk about, what some of those uh, guys are in the second half. We're not going to break quite yet, but uh, again, is, is that the feeling we should have as fans as much as that's, we want to be irrational and we want this to be Christmas Eve. Uh, there might not be anything under the tree, correct? I, I think they could do some things with the bullpen and add, uh, like I've seen Ryan Tapera like uh, attached to them a few times because uh, they really have to add in the bullpen. Um, even if they don't, uh, or even if they did add in second base, they still need at least one reliever because it's really not a solid bullpen. Um, but I think you just kind of move your eyes towards the pen because the best prospects for the Sox are pitchers, and maybe some teams just want to trade for pitchers and trade away pitching, keeping the same thing. Um, I'm not really too sure, uh, but I'm just more now looking towards the bullpen because I don't see really a ton of options at second right now. Yeah. One thing I will say, I, I do feel like, like I have not been watching a ton of like Colorado Rocky baseball this year, but Trevor's story has, has not been good. <laughs> like, I think I, you know, I do trust that he's a good player, but like he offensively this year has been worse than Larry Garcia. So like he's, 
he's had a rough year. And I think, I don't know if the, like, the prospect it would require to get him is nearly as high as, like, his name would lead you to believe it would be. Yeah, so I don't know. I think he's... I think he's a possibility, but I think definitely the bullpen is an area where the Sox, like, it would be malpractice not to at least add a, an arm or two. Yeah, so I, I mean, I, I tend to agree that I, I think the biggest, my bigger frustration has been from the uh, the bullpen trades that have been happening where, you know, teams aren't really giving up a lot and the Sox are not the ones on the receiving end of those deals. And it's something I've said before, but I, I think the biggest problem with the White Sox right now is that a lot of the prospects that they have are more valuable to the White Sox than they are to the other organizations. And it's it turns into a really awkward situation where the White Sox don't want to overspend or overpay, but for another team, it's just like, no, that's that's really what we think Rutherford is worth is this guy <laughs> and, and that's what you're getting um and i just i don't know i don't see the white Sox budging and it that's what's kind of frustrating about it is that i think what separates the good franchises from the great franchises or great franchises make their own luck rather than relying on good fortune to come their way and i think the white Sox mm-hmm. are still holding out hope that with everybody coming back healthy that's somehow going to be enough for them where you have teams like the Astros who to me had even less reason to make a move than the White Sox do in terms of the divisional race, but they're still being aggressive on their bullpen because they know come the postseason they're going to need the additional arms to make a deep run. And that's where I, I look at the difference between how different teams are approaching the trade deadline and their outcomes are probably going to be more successful because they are trying to make their own luck. Look at Tommy Barbie somehow finding a, in a Chicago White Sox uh, podcast to work in the Derrick Rose Chicago Bulls into the podcast. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Woo. Okay. Uh, we're going to take a quick break and then we're going to talk a little bit more specific White Sox. I guess we probably already have been doing that, but let's take a quick break and we will come right back. Uh, this break's going to be over before you know it. So uh, blink and we're back. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not as uh, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them it's this willingness decisiveness and resilience that sets marines apart with our fighting spirit we don't just fight battles we win them marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown and through adaptable problem solving we do just that learn more at marines.com okay we are back this is southside Sox mothership podcast number 52 it's our pre-trade deadline roundtable. Not a lot to talk about that's tangible with the White Sox. Uh, a lot of fan frustration. Some that maybe justified a lot of it. Ooh, a little bit kooky. Sorry. Sorry to call you out, Southside Sox commenters, but 
if you're listening, we fooled <laughs> you into listening. Uh, okay, let's talk specifically, guys. Okay, other deals that we've had, we've got uh, Luzardo going from Oakland first, Julian Marte. White Sox don't have that kind of, they, they can't make that deal. Uh, even the Kendall, uh, the, 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 the Graveman deal that Tommy just referred to for the break, um, not sure what the White Sox have to make that deal, but that was a, that's a strange, 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 Very strange, strange yes. deal, <laughs> uh, especially given that Seattle turns on and makes a deal where they're back all in. So, mm-hmm. uh, who knows what's going to happen in Seattle? Uh, but let's talk specific White Sox needs. And I'm curious now, given the fact that Eloy's back and contributing even defensively, uh, he's back. Luis apparently knocking on the door to be back. Uh, it seems like outfield has maybe been crossed off the list for needs. It seems to be catcher, relief pitcher, second base. Uh, there's 8,000 relief pitchers out there, so it seems like it'd be easiest to trade for relief. But uh, among you guys, uh, what is your most uh, pressing need? If you could only acquire one, what are we acquiring? Not most likely, what do we most need for the rest of 2021? I mean, I I would still I would still probably go second base just because there's like the combo of Danny Mendick and Leary Garcia at second base is a huge hole in that lineup. Uh, like I know uh, Leary has some really big hits uh, every now and then, and his defense is great or not great, but pretty good wherever he plays. Um, but actually, getting a guy that can you know is at least an average to above average like hitting second baseman and that can actually play a bit of defense uh, is still like fantastic because uh, you can't really like I, I'm expecting Eloy to be fantastic but he still is going to take a while to get used to everything because he just came back from a long injury same with Robert um, I'm not still totally comfortable with Grandall uh, I don't like, I don't know if he's going to come back and catch with a knee injury right away. I'm still kind of worried about that. So just having an extra bat, uh, you know, you can happen there every day. Cause if you're looking for a starting second baseman, like you don't have to do this Eloy, Andrew Vaughn, Jose Abreu, Gavin Sheets, like, should they DH today? Or should they play a position that they don't really aren't good at? And so if you actually get someone that can start at second base, you don't, you can just, that's a whole position you don't have to worry about. So then if you have to play Eloy in left field in game five of the divisional series against the Tampa Rays, and you have a two-run lead in the seventh inning, you can say, Leary, go play left because you don't need to play second. (laughs) There's an actual person that's good at that position there. Um, Take the guy out who's not good at that position and let's hold the two-run lead. Um, And then next would probably be bullpen, but I'm – I'm pretty confident that like Kopech Hendricks Hendricks like combo at the end of it is pretty decent. Um, just need Bummer to look like he did last year or most of his career. I think for me, I would still lean bullpen, and mainly that's just because I don't. I don't know. I feel like I don't. I'm not a huge fan of a lot of the second base options as upgrades. I feel like. I don't know. I'm not not sold on most of them, and I feel like with the bullpen they could make at least because I feel like you're just trying to upgrade over Ryan Burr at this point, and like finding somebody that you can trust in, in a situation. And I I think too if you add another righty that allows you to do more stuff with Kopech, because I think my worry about using Kopech is more just like strictly a setup man. Is that you may he may be more valuable to like either start a playoff game or like come in after you know 
I don't know, you have Dallas Keuchel or Dylan Cease who can only go a, a couple innings, you know, having him be able to fill that role. So I, I kind of, yeah, I'd like them to shore that up, just adding at least another arm. Okay, Tommy, I'm not going to let you answer whatever deal doesn't involve Mike Rodolfo, but okay, <laughs> pretending he is off the table, what do you want? What's the most pressing need to feel uh, to, to fill? See, I for the reason that Darren just said, my biggest need for the White Sox is actually catcher because I I think they can survive with their second base revolving door of mediocrity as long as the rest of the bats come to play but at catcher they need the leadership and somebody that can work with pitchers the way that Grandal can but given his knee injury I I don't see why you would want to push that until closer to the postseason and it would be really nice to have someone in the fold that can hit even a tiny bit but mostly be a more than average catcher and not the worst catcher by most offensive metrics in major league baseball, where Mm -hmm. you're really just setting yourself up for failure. Um, You know, bullpen is, I think a need right now. I think when you get to the playoffs and you switch to a four man rotation, there's a lot you can play with where it's not as much of a need. Second baseman is a gap that I think if they, if, if they had made any of the trades for the guys that were available earlier. That's one thing, but right now there isn't anybody out there that that's really that much of an upgrade outside of story. But as we said, that's going to require a lot more than what the white Sox have. Okay. Nobody ever asked me, but that's because I'm not as bright as you guys. That's fine. So I'll just blurt. Uh, I am okay with uh, weathering the storm with what we have at second and even at catcher. Uh, ah, it's just extraordinary to say, uh, but Sebi Zavala does seem to be someone that the staff likes to throw Very to. Very true. And, you know, I, I guess at this point, I'll take it. Uh, and relief, although you're right, the complexion of things do change in the playoffs, and you're going to get one of those, at least one of those starters is going to be in, in more of a bullpen mix. We don't know what they're going to do. Uh, we don't know if one of them's a gas. Mm-hmm. It also gives you, uh, Kopech can be even more of a Swiss Army knife weapon. Maybe he does get out to step out and start or open a game or just have like a four-inning start, just sort of freak the other team out. Um, okay, uh, a couple more categories I want to get into. But first, we're going to do a thought exercise before we get to the one guy we, you do want to acquire. Uh, and here's the thought exercise. Um, and, and I'm not particularly overwhelmed by Eduardo Escobar. I'm not crushed they didn't get him. But Eduardo Escobar is the target. We want to acquire him. He's the guy. Tell me, I'm going to give you names. You tell me if you make the trade to get Eduardo Escobar. Do you trade your mean Mercedes for Eduardo Escobar? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> I mean, okay. I, I, yeah. <laughs> okay. I started with an easy one. I started with an easy one. This ain't the SAT. This is a mothership podcast. All right. Gavin Sheets, do you trade straight for Eduardo Escobar? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Southside Sox, readers. Sorry. I know what your vote is. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, readers. Come on. Keep listening. Don't hang up. Stop. Okay. Uh, the uh, Zach Collins for Eduardo Escobar. Oh, absolutely. In a heartbeat. <laughs> yeah. That... I would say no, uh, just because uh, I'm Darren, there are and... other catchers in baseball. Like, it, it's not oh, like it's... Oh, no. <laughs> I, I, I just know that they probably wouldn't go out and get another catcher. And <laughs> take any of the ones in Charlotte. I, 
Five. Oh, but that's then. Oh no. I mean that uh, the guy they just added, but I'm scared it would just get to like Evan Skalg or something. Like mm-hmm. that's kind of what I'm scared. Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, final name. Final name. Um, Jake Berger. Do you trade Jake Berger for Eduardo Escobar? Uh, uh, I mean, we're not holding yeah. you to it. I, yeah. I do. Yeah. yeah I, that one's probably the the one that I most iffy on. Um, because, like, uh, Abreu is gone soon, and I like Berger a bit more than Sheets, uh, just because Berger can play uh, third and first a little bit. Um, but, I, yeah, I'd probably say yes. So, if, it, yeah. if it makes the Southside Sox readership and electorate feel any better, I think I'm a little bit more hesitant on a couple of these guys than my panel here, which doesn't mean I'm siding with you guys. But, I mean, realistically, you do have to give to get and. And it's great to say Gavin Sheets might be the lefty power bat the White Sox can can have power them through the 2020s. But, you know, where's he going to – it doesn't mean you give him away, but where's he going to play, et cetera, right. et cetera. But we've been through that in the comments, so uh, I'll I'll let it rest. Uh, okay, thought exercise. Thank you for participating in thought exercise. Not that it's <laughs> not an option anymore. Eduardo's playing from Milwaukee. He's in Beertown now. Okay, uh, let's go around, and I need to know the one player – it couldn't be different than the pit than than the than the position you felt was most urgent. What's the one player you want the White Sox to acquire? Whatever means necessary, even if it costs Mike Rodolfo. Even Never. if it costs him, uh, who's the guy you want? Um, so I'm gonna stick with my position at second. And um I I mean if a perfect world, I'd say Trevor Story or someone like that. But more realistic world, I would love to have Jonathan Scope. Uh, he's also a rental, uh, so I don't think it costs an exuberant amount, um, but there also is the intra-division trading, uh, but Scope uh, is my guy uh, at second. Yeah, because Detroit's going somewhere. Yeah, I get what you're saying <laughs> there, but come on, simmer down, Motown. Uh, Tyrone, Tommy, what you got? I guess I'm going to go with uh, Ian Kennedy. Just He's a familiar face, and I trust him in the bullpen. Um, scope was the guy that I had in mind too. Um, I know he's not a catcher, but I think that when the, in the second base trade rumors started happening, he was the guy that made the most sense to me more so than, um, Eduardo Escobar. So I think that he would be a really good fit. And actually, I think in terms of a trade partner, it's probably one of the few teams that makes a lot of sense for the White Sox. Uh, I am siding with uh, Tyrone. I think uh, Ian Kennedy yeah. is the guy I would want. Um, really good. You know, yeah. And I think the nice twist there, although I think it's fair to say, despite the fact it's uh, interdivision and it's Detroit, because, you know, they're coming, uh, <laughs> that the cost probably wouldn't be great for Jonathan. Uh, I think uh, with Ian, the, the co- it's Texas. They just traded their franchise. So, I mean, what? You just send them your mean and a bunch of them, your Minato <laughs> burgers. And then what? You'd send them like, <laughs> you know what, uh, you know, maybe not Kyle Kubat, but I mean, just, you know, just some, okay. Yeah. Here's some, some kind of lottery yeah. ticket, right. Okay. Another Avery Weems maybe. Uh, and you get a guy who, yeah, I think is a trusted hand. I think mm-hmm. for some reason would mesh, I have no idea why I don't think he cusses nearly as much. It seems like he would really vibe sort of well as a, as a bridge to, uh, to Liam. Uh, so I, I like that, but here's the thing guys, we both, we, we came up uh, among us with just two names, so I think it spells, it's just logical that this They're is what's got to happen. Yes. And, and 
given what the White Sox have to give, I'm not sure we can walk away disappointed with that. I mean, maybe people want more than just a one bullpen arm, but I mean, if you, if you really were limited to maybe just adding one on offense and adding one uh, on the pitching staff, I think we can walk away feeling pre- pretty okay with that. Uh, am, I, am I wrong? I mean, I know people are going to be howling, but. No, yeah, so Scope, I mean, he's pretty good at defense. He's uh, been an above average hitter this year. Um, and he's, I obviously picked him as a guy that I wanted. Um, and he would just kind of fill a big hole right there. Like he could hit seventh and that'd be a great seventh uh, guy to hit. Um, and then Kennedy just doesn't walk people. And then this is bullpen that's like a rarity. And that'd be awesome if they could get a guy that didn't walk people. Um, Cause Cody Hoyer's command has just fallen apart uh, lately. Um, and so just kind of getting the guy that can shore up uh, maybe needs to come in sixth inning guy on first third, uh, you know, that you can actually get someone out there that's not going to walk anybody. Um, so I, I mean, obviously both those guys are pretty good options and both are rentals. So shouldn't be too expensive. Can I ask you on the dugout metrics podcast, I think last week, this made Luke laugh. Like it's not a serious thing to consider, but if uh, Ryan to is a guy that was being mentioned in this podcast, we have some, we're in bonus time. Now we got a little bonus time. Zoom isn't angry at us yet. So let's just, let's just uh, explore the full studio space. Uh, are you concerned at all in a Tapera or Lord, God help us, a Craig Kimball um, deal? Uh, is there a concern with Cubby Stink? <laughs> I mean, Eloy and Dylan C's are pretty good. <laughs> they were in the minors, so yeah, that that's count. farm stink. You know, you know they come with farm stink. <laughs> I mean, uh, I mean, if they help win a title, if, now if they're the reason why we don't win a title. I'm going to be really mad. So I'm going to think it's a whole conspiracy that they did it on purpose. And you'll think that this podcast, you'll say, gosh, I wish I'd spoken up when, when, when Brett asked. Yeah. Yeah. Blow the whistle on the Cubs players. Uh, Tommy Tyrone, a uh, concern with Cubby snake. I mean, I feel like we're, we're slowly taking more of their just everything Cub. I mean, we, you know, we've got Len Casper in the booth <laughs> now and, you know, just, you know, just more thanks Cubs calls, you know, I'm, <laughs> So I'm, I'm not too concerned about it. Yeah, I look at it less as cubby stink as, you know, an opportunity for people to leave that awful, awful place That's and come nice. to a much brighter place on the South side. See, this is why we need people with true heart on this staff. Unlike <laughs> me, because you're taking the entirely different thing. I want to kill the poor guy just because he's playing because he's got those pajamas on. But Tommy's like, this this is a lifeline, Ryan. Tapera, come, you, you'll breathe real oxygen. Um, okay, uh, I guess uh, final thing I need, and I only ask this because I've been on with Darren before, where we've had Danny Mendick grand slams and Gavin Sheep walk off homers as we're doing the podcast. I know as we started recording, uh, something was going on with Lucas Giolito. I have not been following it. I'm assuming that's not still going on, or can we just sort of like bless it now because uh, something's still happening? Where are we at? I don't he believe, looked good early in the game. Yeah, he looked good, but I believe somebody did get a hit. Oh, all right. Well, yeah, we got two hits. Okay. okay. All right. Yeah. I but just they figured have it scored was... runs during this podcast. So oh, okay. All right. Taken the that. Lead. Even if it wasn't a Danny Mendick grand slam. 
No, it's just a single. All right. Well, okay. That still counts. Maybe again, another, this is like a third win blessed by the Southside Sox podcast. All right. Well, uh, before the Zoom does start barking, let's wind this up. But uh, we will definitely, uh, I would say, I'll promise you as listeners and readers and even panel members, including the ones of you who have really big hearts and speak really well of players instead of me wanting to condemn them to some sort of weird Northside Wrigleyville jail, which let's face it, they're all probably trying to break out of given the fact that they're just about to catch the disease, you know, it's out there for them and nobody wants anyway, another podcast. Um, We will definitely, if there is an acquisition made, we will hop right back on and I guess we'll talk about it. Maybe it won't be an emergency if it's say like Jonathan Schultz, maybe that doesn't warrant like a 2 a.m. podcast, but we'll definitely address it. And of course, if nothing happens or even if something just really minor happens last second, uh, certainly probably Friday evening, we'll, we'll record something and throw that out there. Well, okay, you guys, you three are all welcome. You passed the test. You passed the speed round, the thought exercise. And Tommy, you just made me look at things a different way. You've changed my philosophy about how do to what look I at those players from across town who make me grind my teeth. Uh, so thanks, everybody. As always, even those of you who are disagreeing with the Gavin Sheets take, the very controversial Gavin Sheets take uh, on this podcast, uh, thanks always for listening and uh, reading, sometimes even uh, watching. And we'll probably be gathered maybe again in 24 hours, 12 hours, 36 hours. But let's, fingers crossed, the White Sox can at least acquire, oh, I don't know, Jonathan Shope. Uh, for the stretch run so that we can feel better and better about the chances of our White Sox team in the postseason. Thanks, guys, for uh, joining. Let's do this again soon.